So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day, PK Grafton. This podcast is great for beginners and veterans in the real estate industry. Pat asks the tough questions and gets the answers. Definitely worth listening to, and I would recommend it to anyone trying to become more successful in any industry. Five stars. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation. Uh, I have a guest on today that I wanted to get on here because, you know, I'm trying to have a diversification of people come on the show from all aspects of the real estate world. And, you know, recently we had a guest that was a, a residential mortgage lender who kind of told us what to expect in the future with the Trump economy, what to expect with new loans and different programs. And, you know, there's a whole nother aspect of uh, real estate that uh, we're dealing with or that a lot of our clients are dealing with, and that is commercial loans and commercial lending. And with that, most of them are going hard money. And hard money is being used for, you know, whether it's flips, or whether it's to make somebody non-contingent so they have to beat, providing it's not their primary residence, of course, uh, you know, giving them money so they can become non-contingent so they can beat out four or five other people in a multiple bid situation, uh, cash out refis so they can get money to buy houses, all kinds of uses as real estate agents for hard money. And all kinds of networking opportunities for you as agents to make more commissions if you start getting to know some of these hard money players in your market uh, because they have a ton of, of uh, investors using them that don't have agents. And uh, there's a huge, huge amount of opportunity there. So I asked Ian Walsh to come on. Uh, he's a hard money guy. He's with hardmoneybankers.com out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we're going to dig into some deep stuff. So, Ian, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, Ian, why don't you uh, give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you better? Yeah, I got in the business as an investor around 2008, 2009 when the world was ending. I decided to jump in full steam and say, this is a good place to be when everybody was kind of running run into the, uh, to the hills, but I got in wholesaling. A lot of people do. And we built a pretty nice business, which then developed into a property management company, which we sold to TCS management in Philadelphia. And along the way, I had some partners that we were, you know, lending hard money because quite frankly, if you learn how to wholesale, you're doing, you're pretty close to learning how to underwrite properly. So I knew what a deal looked like. I really knew how to spot it. I knew when we were on to one and we deploy a lot of capital now under the streets and Eastern PA, South Jersey, Maryland, DC, Northern Virginia, to the two, maybe 30 or 40 million a year. And we're just very versed in, in the investor world. And we have a lot of overlap with, you know, your listener base, which are, which are real estate agents in terms of, you know, we need 
from the investment side, we need them. Very important. And, you know, we help them as well. So That's awesome. All right, cool. So Ian, let's talk about how real estate agents can make more commissions with hard money. First of all, uh, let's talk on the investment side. You know, as, as an investor, if I want to buy a house to flip or just buy a house and get some money really fast and then worry about getting the loan later or getting more of a permanent loan later, what are today's rates, points, fees, things that we should, you know, consider about average? So you actually vary substantially between the East Coast and West Coast, which is interesting. I don't know why money is cheaper. It's the same value if you go into a dollar store and buy a piece of gum, but there is a significant difference. What you will find typically is institutional funding on the West Coast. Eight, 10% is pretty common out there. Your dollar signs and your price points are much higher. Or you're doing a million and a half loan is pretty consistent versus if you come out in the East Coast, you're going to see a lot of anywhere on the very low end, maybe 11 or 12% to the very high end, 16 to 18%. You're going to see, call it from two to six points on those loans on the East Coast. Just a different kind of marketplace, different kind of dollar figure on each loan compared to the West Coast. But it's a pretty good indication of what you could expect on either side of the that, That's crazy. That's weird, right? Why would I pay so much more. Like, can, can I go to California and get a hard money loan in Baltimore, Maryland? Is that just not possible? Why, why wouldn't I just go there and get a 4% different in interest rate? It's very hard to do. That's the truth. The barrier to entry to pull that off is very hard. What I've noticed, so we are, we're true private money the way we do it. Meaning individuals, we fund deals with individuals. They're not banks. What we tend to see is the West Coast is filled with institutional funding, which really is a bank in essence that's underwriting the deal, which is not really why you come to hard money to begin with. Hard money is I need a deal. I need it to close in a week. Can you do it or can you not? We look at the asset. If I like it, we move. Whereas if you're dealing with an institutionally funded type of company from the West Coast or even the South at times, it's really a bank underwriting. You might as well go into a bank and look for it. Now, what to answer your question, why can't you do that in uh, West Coast money in Baltimore? Because they're aware of it. So what happens is I've seen a lot of institutional people try to come out from those companies and you know they'll, they'll push it up to 12, 13, 14, 15% quickly because they know the price in this space that we pay and the dollar figures are lower. A million and a half dollar loan out in the West Coast at 8% and a couple points you know, you probably have to do four of those deals on the East Coast to make the same common number. I mean, there's still some expensive property on the East Coast, but on average, you need to do three or four times the amount of deals on the East Coast to hit those same figures. So the people that are actually doing those loans are pretty darn aware of what they'll charge out here. So you're probably not going to get 8%. And then what about in the Midwest? Like what, you know, right in the middle, what, what's going on? I, I've heard both. I don't really have as much of a, uh, I don't do any lending out there, but I've heard it's literally I like feels like it's when I've heard from people, it seems like it's stuck in the middle. You see a combination of the two because it's not, you know, at least the marketplaces I've heard of, but I don't really have as much information about the Midwest as I do a pretty clear indication between East and West coast. And then, and then these loans, you're looking at them being paid back within a year to two years, right? With us, it's one year, commonly a year. You'll see as low as six months. You'll see as high as two years for true hard money, but most of the stuff's one year. Okay. All right. So, you know, obviously you're going to pay somewhere between 10 and 20%. You're going to pay somewhere between two and six points, no matter where you're at. And, and you're going to have to, you know, pay it back ASAP. So how can real estate agents 
use hard money to make more commissions themselves? So there's a couple ways. I mean, I love agents, retail or investor, but if you're an investor friendly agent, uh, meaning that's a bit of your niche as an agent, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to deal with the house that doesn't have the roof and it's too hard to deal with. I want the nice, pretty million dollar listing. Nothing wrong with that either. But there is a definitely something to capitalize on as an agent if you're interested in, you know, not the, just the investment property, but it's the double commission that you get. So you're going to make money on the front end. Your investor is going to be happy that you end loyal and they're going to do multiple deals a year, which is also important. This isn't the same type of person that's going to buy a house every five years from you. This is typically somebody that's going to flip four or five, up to 50 houses a year in our market, which means they'll do four or five to 50 transactions with you. You're going to get them on the front end. They pay you a commission for it. And then they're going to get you on the resale where you're now selling a $100,000 initial pickup from an investment standpoint. You know, you're reselling that for 400000 You do a few of those a year. Having that niche or that stronghold in that market becomes substantial. Okay. All right. So what about, you know, and you could do, you can do cash out refis too, right? If someone has some other investment properties, let's say they, they want to buy a house, they need to be strong. They got a, a loan or a couple of loans on a couple of properties. You guys can do cash out refis on several properties, give them some cash to buy a primary or buy another house, right? Yeah, I can't give them cash to buy a primary because that's a consumer use, but I can give them cash to either renovate their current property or use the money for another business use. But where I typically see most people using hard money for a cash out refi, and I recommend agents tell their investors this, it allows you to leverage your money very quickly. So, you know, where your money gets all tied up in equity, I have a lot of people call and go, you know, I have all the equity in the world and I don't have a lot of cash. Well, to a true hard money lender, if you have free and clear properties and you want to go out and buy more properties, that is the same thing as cash. I'll cross We call it cross collateral or cash out refi. Right. We can use it to do that. So I encourage people that are smart investors to learn how to tap into that money and use it for further investing and making that money work for them. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So what about real estate agents developing relationships with hard money lenders in their area, knowing that you know those hard money lenders can refer them to investors that need to sell properties after they've got them fixed up or, or, or buy properties from them? What would you recommend an agent do to develop a relationship with a hard money lender so that they could start getting referrals from said lender? 
It's a good question. And I do have agents that certainly reach out. And I would say two things. One, from our perspective, as a disclaimer, if I have an agent working with a client, I would never refer that person out to another agent right. of course. to respect that relationship. But assuming the client comes to us off market, has a deal, needs an agent. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want my property off the book or your property off my books. So I want my clients to be in touch with the best agents in their area, the most dominant agents, because they're going to move the property the fastest and we'll do the next loan. So your hard money lender or reaching out to your local lender is pretty simple. I mean, you can meet them certainly at real estate networking events. That's a good way. Just pick up Google and pick up the phone. There's not a lot of us in any given area that are really doing a whole lot of business of any substance, but the ones that there's going to be probably in any major city, five, 10 of us that do a lot, a lot of loans. And you know, if you're polished, you're in your area, you're a dominant agent. I mean, I have my areas when people ask me that question, I know right who to go to, you know, be it where they, where they reside or where they're dominating. So you're going to want to be polished. You're not going to want to screw up that relationship because they'll feed you a lot, but absolutely you want to, if you're a good agent, reach out to your hard money lender. They're going to have because to at the end of the day, right? Like you, you know, you're doing a loan for 12 months and you know, an agent can dork around and pick crappy contractors and trying to flip a house and everybody wants to be a flipper these days and flip a house. And next thing you know, they're nine months in and the house is finally ready. There's only three months left on the loan. I mean, you want to give them an agent that's going to get it sold and get you your money back. I mean, that's ideally you want to turn around and get your money back as soon as possible, right? Because the, the longer you wait, the riskier it is for you. So it, it's in your benefit to give them a sharp agent, someone you can trust. Absolutely. And I'm a huge proponent of it. We need agents and good ones at that, that, that we can recommend. So I'm always about it. And I'd imagine any local hard money lender would say the exact same thing. I mean, give me the best agent to help you get this property off my books, period. So tell me a, bit, a little bit about your story. So like, how'd you get started in the hard money loan business? So we had to go back a little bit, but um, so I had talked about getting into wholesaling originally and you and I had before the uh, show had, you had mentioned Robert Kiyosaki. So yes. me, like probably every investor in the country read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, I, there was that line in there about something to the tune of wholesaling a property in Arizona for $40,000 or something. And I'm like, how do I do that? I was young. I was like 22 or something, 21. And I said, I got to figure that out. I said, if one guy can do it, I, got, I can do it. So what I learned pretty quickly was I learned my market and I learned how to market. Those are the two biggest things, right? So once I learned my market, knew what a deal looked like because in 2009, it was only cash buyers. You weren't, you weren't fluffing a deal. These were smart guys that were sharks that were going to learn. They were going to pay what they were going to pay. So I had to learn what the smart guys looked at. So I learned how to wholesale, which rolled into property management. But along the way, I picked up, well, I didn't pick up, but I was introduced to two partners in Maryland with hard money bankers. And they were building their company side by side with us. And they joined in with our management and wholesaling. And we kind of were building our companies along the side of one another. And um, we had done some loans up here just because of our contacts. I knew how to underwrite at this point because I wholesaled so many properties. And then as we sold our management company and we, you know, that took over a lot of time. We did about 800 units we had sold. I said, you know, let's, let's go full speed. Let's deploy a lot of capital up here. And that was kind of how it was always kind of there, but it really didn't go pedal to the metal until we had sold the management company, I would say, or probably just maybe a year, year and a half before that in the Philadelphia market. And how long ago was that? Sold about three years ago now. It's about a year. So, so we've been in this market hard for about four and a half years. And, and then like how many houses, uh, how many loans are you doing every month now? 
So in the in the Philadelphia market, we probably do ten to twelve. Baltimore, DC market probably eighteen to twenty-two. So so we we'll probably do about thirty, thirty-five a month, given whatever month it might be. And it's not through lack of you know I would easily we have the funding to do a hundred a month or two hundred a month, whatever. It's just honestly, there's not as many deals out there as people think. Most of my day is honestly when I'm underwriting deals, looking at deals that really truly aren't deals, and it's my job to know when I have a deal that's in front of me and not because if I lend money on a deal that somebody thinks is a deal, it's not my risk gets flipped immediately and I can't, can't do that. So yeah. That's how, how are you underwriting these deals? Like, are you doing appraisals on them or what? We don't, we don't do appraisals. I just know my market. That's why we don't go outside of our market. Like I don't go into New York. I don't know it. I don't go to North Jersey. I don't know it. Where I do know, I really do know just like my partner, Jason, he knows his market. So we actually don't send an official appraiser. I have an inspector go out after we look at the numbers, but I'll tell you usually the same day. A lot of guys, or agents will call me and say, hey, I got a deal. What do you think? Within an hour, I'll tell you if we're doing it. The numbers line up. You know, we're moving. Bar now, barring my inspector doesn't go out and go, hey, the house isn't here. Or, hey, it's up in flames. You know, I'm closing. And most of our loans close in, honestly. So you, but you do have an inspector look at it. I do, yeah. I got to make sure I got I to make sure the house is there. I haven't had anybody yes. not show up yet. Yeah. So. But they just go out and take a picture of it? Or just go out? Do they look inside even? Yeah, they'll, they'll look, they'll do the full pictures for me, but we don't actually, like, I don't wait uh, on, like, an appraisal number to come back. I don't care what their appraiser's going to tell me. I like yeah. appraisers, but it's not their money being put on the line. I, it's mine. So, yeah. So do you sure. require the agent to do, like, an after-repair value? You know, here, I'm buying it for 110 I'm putting 30 into it. The ARV is, is 200 Do you ask for all that, or do you not care? I don't, because my most important factor is me determining what I believe that ARV is going to be. So I don't care what anybody, I mean, I use the MLS, but I have to. So you're looking at MLS, you're looking Zillow, you know, get a estimate, Redfin, whatever, look at it, boom, 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 say, ah, okay. Yeah. I like, you know, if I like the number at 200, great. I mean, it's all MLS for me. I very rarely use those other. How, how much do they have to put down? I like to see on average for, with uh, say a loan is a hundred thousand dollars, 60 acquisition, 40 construction. I'd like to see 15 or 20%. So I'd like to see 15 or 20% cash to close, as we call it, for the entire project size. Do you ever loan 100%? If you have cross collateral, which we had mentioned earlier, that's a good way to use like a free and clear property against it. Or if I've got some clients that I know their system, I, you know, very friendly with them, go out and grab some drinks with them, we'll joint venture with them. You know, we'll do 100% joint venture. Usually right out of the gates, though, you know, if you don't have cross collateral, it's pretty rare to find that. Okay. Okay, well, you just use the equity of something else. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool because, you know, a lot of banks get uh, get caught up with that, you know, get too complicated for them. So that's a good way to put it. We try to simplify it, man. I mean, it's if you go over complicated, it means you probably just don't know your market. So it's simple. I mean, literally three, two numbers and an address, and I'll tell you that day if we're doing the deal. But, you know, I have to know my values very, very well. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full 
of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So, Ian, let me ask you this. So, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of flipping going on right now. The market's really good. There's some people out there, they're saying it's kind of, you know, the flipping game is a game of musical chairs that, uh, you know, the music is playing and and there's a lot of chairs out there and that sooner or later, you know, people are going to start pulling chairs out from under the kids playing this game, kids being flippers. And, you know, a couple of kids are going to be left without chairs and they're going to fall to the ground and get out of the game. Does that analogy make sense to you? And do you think that is bound to happen in the next 24 months? 100% makes sense to me. And, and I'm not going to say, nobody knows where the top sits on a market, but I would say any indications right now is that, yeah, the chairs will be pulled at some point in 24 months. Um, you know, I venture to say maybe even sooner than that. The whole point, though, of a top is that nobody sees it coming, right? So it's impossible to predict. But all the signs are there. I mean, I was here in 2009. I saw what it looked like. It's not necessarily 2009 it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a mortgage-based security meltdown. I think it'll be something from another industry that'll trigger and have an impact in our real estate market. But cycles are cycles, and they'll always happen. And the people that are going to get killed are going to be the ones that are overpaying right now for properties. You know, I can't tell people, go to your share of sales and see who's been buying for 20 years and see how many they're buying right now. You're going to find some of them are having bought in six months, three months, four months, whatever it is. They're patient. They know their numbers and they survive multiple cycles. So my answer in short or in long is, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm very aware of where the, that we are somewhere closer to the top than the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing with 2008, 2009 is, you know, it's kind of like what they would call a black swan, right? There was a, there was something that no one expected that has never been heard of before. And that's the banking collapse, right? Never, never, ever before has that happened. And that was the black swan that kind of was the impetus to knock over this house of cards. And, and so this time around, there's no foreseeable black swan, nor was there, you know, back then. But it would, it would have to be kind of a catastrophic, unexpected event for it to just crash massively and change, you know, in a period of short months. A lot of people predict this time it'll just be kind of a gradual drop down, just a gradual slowness that's just, uh, you know, usually how markets change. I mean, if I had to take a guess, I honestly think, you know, last time, like you said, it was a black swan event. But the interesting thing about our industry was that the event was also in our industry. So it wasn't like something outside of our industry influenced our industry. It was mortgage-based stuff, derivative swaps in our industry that then impact. So it was like a double-down effect on our last one. In my opinion, I honestly think it's going to just, like you had mentioned, something outside of our industry. I don't think it'll be gradual. I think people want it to be gradual. That's not how these tops are truly designed, in my opinion. So I, you know, I could see it being something like currency would make sense to me. You could devalue a currency like instantly overnight. They did it in India recently to everything technically worth over $100. The government shut it down overnight. I mean, that kind of move is crazy and that could change an economy instantly. So I don't know if it's currency, but it's something that's just kind of an analogy for people to understand or think about that. It'll probably, in my opinion, it'll probably be something outside of our industry. We're not going to see it coming. You can't. That's the, you know, if everybody can see it coming, you can protect your money. You can protect your money. Right. 
top doesn't work. You need to shift the wealth again. That's just the way it is. So Yeah. Well, going back to Kiyosaki, you know, he was on the show episode 405 and, you know, his prediction was the black swan or whatever you want to call it would be the government bubble popping, you know what I mean? Sure. Which is a, which is a whole nother bubble that's never popped before. And just, just chaos within the government just because they're so in debt and we're so in debt and that sort of thing. And it just can't keep going on. So you, you reach a peak level there and then that pops and then all hell breaks loose on the stock markets and everything else. So that's, that's one of many things I guess that could happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think not him nor I nor anyone really knows, but that's a really good example of what could happen, right? Like that, it's a foreseeable thing that I just, you know, I don't, People say right now, hey, it's not like it was in 2008. And that's true. In our, in our industry, it's not. But other industries can certainly influence something. And yeah, currency, gov- a government imploding or something. Sure, that'll get you overnight. And that'll change things quick. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you know, this has been great, Ian. So, you know, one of the things you're going to offer uh, our guests in, and we're going to put in our Real Estate Rockstars toolbox, which I think is invaluable To anybody, whether you're doing an investment yourself or you're working with a buyer as an investor, and this is going to make you so much smarter when you're talking to investors too, is that you talk to them on the phone and and you say, how do you analyze your deals? And they might say, oh, I do cap rate or cash on cash or whatever. And you say, well, I have a deal analyzer that I use. I'd be happy to provide it for you. If you want to meet, I can go over it with you. Uh, just a uh, kind of a way for you to get in with buyers and get in front of them. So Ian's company has created a, a, a special deal analyzer that he uses multiple times a day. And he's kind enough to give that to me so I can include it in our toolbox, right? That's perfect. Yep. And send it over to you. So I'll put that as well as all his contact information on hybendigital.com backslash Ian Walsh. That's hybendigital.com backslash Ian Walsh. And that will also be in the toolbox if you text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 ian this has been awesome buddy if i'm ever in the philly area i will definitely look you up and we'll get together and break some bread you got it pat appreciate it thank you for tuning in to real estate rock stars please subscribe on itunes stitcher or wherever you may be listening if you haven't already please give us a review I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.